Better health begins at Tidelands Health, dedicated to keeping the communities we serve healthy and active. That's why we're proud to present our podcast series, Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tidelands Health. Here's Bill Klaproth. Hand surgery can treat diseases that cause pain and impair the function of the hand and wrist, such as carpal tunnel syndrome. And here to talk with us about hand surgery and carpal tunnel syndrome is Dr. Jesse T. Lewis, a hand surgeon at Tidelands Health. Dr. Lewis, thank you so much for your time. So is carpal tunnel the number one thing you treat with hand surgery? Uh, it's probably one of the more common things that I see. It, it's certainly a uh, syndrome that comes up in general conversation uh, when people talk about uh, hand pain or numbness. So it's certainly something that um, if the patient doesn't have, they often come to me thinking that they have carpal tunnel syndrome. And what is the main cause of carpal tunnel syndrome? Well, the causes can can range from um, a lot of things, actually. Um, What carpal tunnel syndrome is, is there's a a tunnel or space in the wrist, uh, which is surrounded by both bones and a ligament. And through that space, there's nine tendons and an important nerve called the median nerve. And so anything that causes swelling or or, uh, decreased space in that tunnel can cause it. So this can range from uh, inflammation or or tendon um, inflammation or joint dislocations, fractures, arthritis. Uh, Sometimes we see it in fluid conditions such as pregnancy where the body just has more fluid. So there's a number of different causes. Uh, The most common uh, that I see typically is what we call idiopathic, meaning there's not a specific cause for it. It's just for whatever reason, um, the, the nerve has started to present symptoms of this compression. And is that due to repetitive motions? We think of the person on the keyboard all day. You know, a lot of people tend to think that. There has been studies that have looked into that, and um, there's not been a clear uh, causation with things like uh, keyboarding or other clerical things. Uh, There are certainly repetitive um, vibration, like a jackhammer use that does, you know, can cause that stuff. Um, But those things like keyboarding can certainly aggravate a nerve that's already mildly aggravated. So um, they, they can certainly cause irritation of the nerve. Uh, Whether or not it was the direct cause is tough to say. And when is it time for someone to see the doctor? You know, I think people are are pretty good at uh, recognizing, you know, kind of when when they've been fed up. A lot of times, specifically, carpal tunnel syndrome can cause uh, pain, numbness, and tingling at night. And certainly, anytime our sleep is interrupted, um, patients tend to want to seek help with that. Um, There's milder symptoms that we'll sometimes see, such as, uh, you know, weakness with grip or occasional clumsiness. Uh, Certainly, when those types of things become bad enough, patients tend to present. Um, But I'd say it's variable. Usually, it's the pain, numbness, and tingling, especially at night, that brings patients to see me more than anything. And is the first course of treatment uh, non-surgical? Certainly. I'd say with rare exception. Um, occasionally, I'll see patients that have profound atrophy, meaning, meaning the muscles have not been getting, getting innervated for quite some time. And at that point, um, the potential for non-operative intervention to work it becomes much less. Uh, but I would say on average, certainly non-operative intervention, uh, whether it be an injection or splinting, especially nighttime splinting, is usually the for- first course of treatment. And then who is a good candidate for hand surgery if non-surgical treatment doesn't work? Uh, with 
with any type of nerve compression, it, it's rare that a patient would not be a surgical candidate. Um, I can do this this patient this surgery um, purely under local anesthesia, so uh, meaning the patient does not have to go to sleep. Uh, certainly, most patients prefer to be knocked out a little bit, uh, but from a surgical candidate standpoint, I, I don't feel there's there's really a person who doesn't meet a surgical um, candidate requirements. So then most of this is done as outpatient surgery? Certainly, yeah. It's, it's a relatively short procedure. It's done outpatient, um, and, and that just means that the patient can go home the same day after the procedure. And what about recovery time? So recovery is just, just like any other type of uh, nerve treatment. Recovery is a little bit variable. I, I would say on average, most people feel that their sleep t- or their nighttime symptoms and tend to improve relatively quickly. Uh, by the time I see patients back for their first two-week visit, most of the time they say, yeah, I've noticed a difference. Um, that being said, the recovery from the actual surgery itself or the surgery trauma is usually in the four or so week range. I certainly have patients that are doing much better well before then. Um, but the far as nerve recovery goes to where the numbness and tingling in the fingers are completely recovered, it's a, it's a little bit variable. Uh, part of that depends on the severity of the nerve compression, um, and that can be whether or not this has been going on for a long time or in the cases of trauma where the nerve was severely stretched or injured, sometimes um, that nerve recovery is incomplete. And does the person then need to wear a, a brace or some sort of cast for the recovery time? So postoperatively, uh, again, with rare exception, it's usually a soft dressing, um, and that just means no cast or no splint. Uh, what I usually do for routine carpal tunnel release is have the patient take the dressings off on day three, and they can shower. And pretty much the, the incision is small enough that you could put a Band-Aid over it. And so patients usually come in at the two-week mark with either nothing on it because the incision doesn't bother them or a Band-Aid if it's still causing a little bit of irritation for them. Dr. Lewis, does this usually occur in one hand or the other, or do you see it in both hands at the same time? I, I would say uh, more commonly, it's usually one hand that's most bothersome, uh, but whether through provocative testing or um, oftentimes I'll get a nerve study to look at both sides and they'll have symptoms uh, from the nerve being irritated bilaterally or on both sides. However, you know, whether it's because the one side has, um, you know, more severe compression or for whatever reason, more symptoms on that side, they don't tend to notice the other side so much. Right. And are there any risks involved in carpal tunnel surgery? Uh, certainly, any any time we do you know do surgery and and cut the skin, there's risk of infection in this particular surgery, or, and most surgeries involving the hand that that risk is very low, uh, much less than one percent. Uh, the biggest risk with carpal tunnel surgery is is probably uh, injuring the nerve. Um, the you know the point of the surgery is to release the nerve, so we do look directly at it, and injuring the nerve is very rare. Um, so, so there's always risk, certainly, but in this particular surgery, they're, they're fairly low. Is there any danger in letting this go and not seeing a doctor and risking permanent pain or damage? 
Certainly. And, and it's not so much the uh, pain, um, permanent pain that's concerning uh, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about treating a nerve. Uh, what happens when you have compression on a nerve for a long period of time, the muscles that the nerve goes to uh, begins to lose input and they actually atrophy or, or, or slowly die. And so um, there's not a specific cutoff point for when this occurs, but we do know the longer the nerve's compressed, the uh, more likely permanent danger is to occur. And so when a patient, uh, for whatever reason, doesn't get better with non-operative management, it's it's one of the few uh, or, or one of the instances where I would recommend surgical release just because of the possibility of permanent nerve damage. Right. Well, that makes sense. And Dr. Lewis, why should someone choose Tideland's Health for their hand and wrist needs? Well, I think uh, here at Tideland Health, uh, all of our surgeons, and especially me uh, starting out, are are uh, uh, very eager to see patients uh, return uh, to their baseline activities, things that they like to enjoy. Um, and I feel like our facilities are great in accommodating the whole process from the initial evaluation, treatment, and postoperative recovery. Well, Dr. Lewis, thank you again for your time and talking with us about carpal tunnel syndrome. And for more information about Tidelands Health Physicians, Services, and Facilities, you can visit TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. This is Better Health Radio. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.